Hey everybody, thank you for joining us for the season three premiere of Cheeky Shenanigans. What? what? So, today we have an amazing interview video call with Christian Finnegan. Christian who? Finnegan. Finnegan who? Christian. 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 Now, if he was in a different religion, his name would be? Muslim Finnegan. Yeah, Buddha Finnegan. <laughs> so, um, we had some great big plans for this. We're trying out some new technology to do the video call. Yeah. Unfortunately, the later, like, last quarter of the interview there's some audio issues uh please bear with us through those technical difficulties technical difficulties yeah. and then at the end we shot another segment to finish the show yeah and ran into some more where it just stops abruptly so which comes to mind our show is cheeky shenanigans so yes. shenanigans are gonna happen that's that's yeah. what you get for watching us and you know? we've been bitten by technical difficulties in the past when yeah we did a whole episode with Yvette with no audio this is nothing new for people following the show but for this season we're trying to bring it all together I mean, and make this a really good show to watch for the record not to sound racist it's not like we have an asian in the back doing all of our fucking you know audio visual stuff you know what i mean but anyways <laughs> like i was saying jesse you carry on so we're we're bringing you the two clips of the show that we've recorded. Yeah, there's there's some choppiness to it. It ends abruptly. We're sorry about that. We're working on making this show better for season three. But we had such a great opportunity to do this awesome interview with Christian that we're just putting it out as is. And I hope you guys enjoy it. For yeah, it. just really do try to watch it because he was really hilarious and he explained things very well and he was fun to listen to, actually. Yeah, so. such a great guy. Super, you know, humble and just real about everything. I, I really hope all of our guests, you know, at that level are like that. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, yeah, so I hope you guys enjoy this. This episode is mostly about stand-up and uh, Christian specifically and his career and all that. And uh, we're going to be bringing you more throughout this season. And, uh, yeah. So Some sex stories. What else are we going to be bringing? Oh, matter of fact, our escape room adventure on Saturday. Too. Yeah, so this weekend we're doing, you, you, you tell them. Yeah, we are going on a wild adventure where we're going to an escape room. And we're doing this one called The Unknown. We hired a helper, which is my friend Haley, to do the, uh, uh, what would you call that person? Camera work, videographer. Yeah, ca camera holder. She's going to follow us around as we try yeah. to... Yeah, she's going to DP it around. <laughs> and uh, follow us around, try to figure out how to escape the room with our dumbasses. We have 60 minutes, and we're probably not going to make it. But it's going to be fun. We're going to make it fun, and you're going to make fun of us. And so, that's the idea. That's the whole idea. So stick around for this episode with the amazing Christian Finnegan. And look Rhonda. forward to some more content coming up uh, with the escape room and all that. And we'll have some more full-on episodes coming at you soon also. And speaking of Christian Finnegan as being on the Chappelle show, I do have to say one thing. I'm rich, bitch! Enjoy the interview. You mean shenanigans? No! Oh. You're shenanigans, right? Hey, Nick. How's it going, buddy? Oh, it's just going great. Yeah? Yeah. It's fantastic. Feel, it feels day. like we're not quite as much on camera as we normally are. No, we're not. There's a box in between us. And that box says, Welcome to Punk Ass and Random Heroes Cheeky Shenanigans. Shenanigans. May I know Jesse, aka Random Hero. And I'm Nick Carter, aka Punk Ass. And thank you for joining us on the season three premiere featuring our very first Skype guest and celebrity. He's an actor and comedian named Christian Finnegan. How are you, buddy? Hey. I I am good. I am I am a Skype guest. And celebrity, I'm one of those two. 
Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, we're not technically using Skype, so I mean, yeah. Oh, oh, so yeah. who could say? We're uh, and uh, I'm sorry, I'm being sponsored be honest, by the, the first being sponsored by Poland Filter was, uh, was on Chappelle's show. Yes. Do you hear that a lot? Uh, yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know. I'm sorry. Uh, not as much uh, these days as uh, back when. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's like I don't have any problem with that at all. It's you know, I feel like I caught a home run ball. So it's you know, if that's if if on my tombstone it says the white guy from Chappelle Show, that's okay. <laughs> I mean, to be honest okay. with you, that's like one of my favorite episodes. Yeah, <laughs> and do you get people calling you Chad a lot? Yeah, I mean, there was a while. It was. It wasn't right when it came out. It was a couple of years later when the DVDs came out, right. um, and that's when it just got. It was absurd for a while. Um, you know, it was three or four times a day. Just you know, it was constant. You know, and uh, I'd be at dinner with my girlfriend, who's now my wife, yeah. and like people would just interrupt. We'd be like arguing at dinner and people would just walk up and be like, Katie's got some big ass titties and just, you know, walk away. But hey, Chad, you there are worse things. How, uh, how was it working with Chappelle and Charlie Murphy though? Yeah, that's gotta have been incredible for a stand-up comedian. Tragic. It was awful. No, it was great. Um, no. I, I mean, I didn't know that biggest thing at the time you know um the show hadn't aired yet when we shot that yeah so i mean i knew it was really funny but i didn't have any inkling that it was going to come like sort of any sort of cultural touchstone you know um i mean i just i was a huge Chappelle fan period you know i was a fan of half-baked and and his stand-up um yeah, I mean, I was very lucky. I mean, I remember I used to hate stand-up comedy. Like, I hated it. Really? Really? Probably. Yeah. In my sort of pretentious black turtleneck teenage years. Um, <laughs> All the artsy phase? When I, On the East Coast. I, yeah, yeah. I, I was, like, hardcore that guy, um, big time. Uh, like, you know, I went to a performing arts high school, and I wrote poetry, and, you know, I was uh, what a, a dude used to refer to me as a poet warrior. Um, and so, yeah, like just kind of like, have I told you how artsy I am? You know, I used to wear, that's everyone in Seattle, dude. (laughs) Oh, I'm sure. I used to wear like those John Lennon, those circular John Lennon glasses, but they weren't, they were fake. They were just plain glass, (laughs) but I just thought they made me look smart. And I had like a ponytail that was slicked back, but then I cut it. And then I had like a Morrissey pompadour for a few years. Like I was that guy all the way. And so you hide those pictures. (laughs) I mean, I cherish them when I can find them uh, just because it reminds me of feeling like I actually had things figured out in the way that 18 year olds do. You know, Um, I I miss that sense of confidence about the world. Uh, But but anyway, I when I was like a freshman in college, I went to uh, a little tiny boutique school called New York University and they're like we had like a dorm field trip to a comedy club around the corner from my dorm and I hated everybody because I was too cool for stand-up comedy but there was this one kid who looked like he was like 14 years old that I thought was so goddamn funny and then years later I realized that it was Chappelle oh Uh, no yeah because he's like he's he's like maybe 
six months older than me or something like that. But he, you know, he looked, right. you know, he looked like a, a, a 12 year old when he was my age, you know? Um, and so yeah, it's a little weird. I don't, yeah, I'm not a fan of it. It's because he's touring with Joe Rogan. You know, that's what it is. <laughs> I, I don't know, and I you know I, Chappelle's a legend. He always will be, but yeah. I don't know anyone who's gotten funnier once getting jacked. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like maybe if you're lucky, you can retain most of your funniness. But I don't know anybody who's funnier. That's a good point. You it, know, it, this was kind of something that we wanted to ask delicately because yeah. back in the Chappelle show days, you looked a little more my size, and now you're that, a little more Nick yes, size. Like, like fluffier. Do, do you find that people find you less, more, or as funny, funny. given like, yeah, the appearance mean, change? I definitely. I mean, I I'm like an accordion. Like I get fat and skinny, and fat and skinny. Like <laughs> I lost uh, like around 2006. I lost 90 pounds, and wow. um, and I probably gained about 30 of it back now. So it's like I'm not I'm not skinny like I was. Um, but it did it did affect things slightly. I don't know if it it affected me. I think it probably did because I was a little more self-conscious than I, when I was right. fully embracing sort of my, I'm a schlub quality, <laughs> you know, when you, when you've lost a lot of weight, all of a sudden you start being more aware of the clothes you're wearing and, and maybe you, and, and other people see you a little different. Like I, I felt like I lost my, uh, every man quality a bit, Okay, oh, wow. you know, that, um, that there were things, there were jokes I used to tell that were kind of mean that, People would get big laughs, and then when I lost weight, it they just seemed mean. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? It's like, okay. you know, like fuck you, Backstreet Boy. You know, like that sort of quality. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I get a lot of that actually. This guy's name is Nick Carter. By I the was way, trying so. to figure out oh, yeah. if he did that on purpose. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> he's, he's got his own little yeah. Backstreet Boys pop here, even. Yeah. And, uh, I got to embrace what can you say? it. You know? <laughs> he, he wants it that way. <laughs> it happens. Um, and so you, you, it sounds like you started getting into stand-up a little bit later in life a little bit. Um, I mean, compared to a lot of people, like process? I like what kind of brought you into it and how do you find that you write and kind of test your jokes out as you're doing them? Well, um, I, I mean, I started when I was 24, which I guess is kind of old, for a lot of people. So I still have um, a chance. Then. Is that what you're saying? It's entirely possible. I mean, my, my general opinion is, is that a lot of those people that start when they're 17 years old, yeah, they're missing something on some level because they've never lived as a non-comic. Like they've never had oh, like just I a crappy job. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like th th they might be great joke writers, and I'm not, of course, this is, I'm sure you can find uh, exceptions to that, but, but I like people who have a bit of a lived in quality that they have some sort of background to draw on rather than just sort of thinking of the math of a joke 24 hours a day. Yeah. You know, we all, you know, I'm sure you guys know comics out there who they're just great joke writers for 10 minutes, but you couldn't watch them for 45 minutes because it's just like, you know, it's just joke, 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 joke. You know, there's nothing underneath it, you know? Right. Yeah. I think that you, you want to sort of, uh, you want to find the person engaging yeah. to watch them for a full headlining set, I think. But. Yeah, I agree with that. And um, 
That, that's kind of been one of my challenges because I've done a little bit of stand-up just trying to get used to it. And I'm in my mid-30s now, so even later in life. And Nick's trying to get into it. So we're always, yeah. we're always looking for the not necessarily the path that other people have taken, but kind of the blueprint. You know, how do you find your own voice as you're doing comedy? So, like, I love your stuff. I've been listening to your albums for the last couple of days. I've seen a lot online. Um, Someone has you've to. You've got this really interesting voice. Um, of almost like a partially sarcastic self-degradation mixed with these funny <laughs> observational things. Like, is that just kind of your general outlook on life overall? Or, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I'm of a certain age where the idea of sort of having a brand mm-hmm. is anathema to me. Like, it, it feels very corny, you know, and when social media kind of became a thing, you know, Dane Cook was kind of like the, the first guy. Yeah. I mean, he was ahead of the curve of where the culture was going. And at the time I thought, Oh my God, what an asshole, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just, but I, I'm, but I mean, I, I'm saying that I was wrong. I was yeah. wrong, you know, uh, and, and that he was right. And I was wrong. In, in every sort of appreciable way. So did you but I gotta use be, any social media platforms back then? Or? Well, it's not just, it's not just that. I do, I, do, I do find that I'm a bit of a, a square peg in a round hole when it comes to that. But also just the idea of sort of selling yourself, of having like a catchphrase, of oh, sort of I like having, having like the, oh, I'm the blank guy. Like I always kind of thought like, no man, I'm an artist. Like let other people figure out what the art is. Like I just tell the jokes or, you know, it's like, I, I just write the songs, other people interpret them, you know, like yeah, that was yeah. always sort of, it's a very, I mean, it sounds corny to say, but it's a very Gen X sort of attitude towards things. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, the idea of somebody having a brand when I was younger, that person would have been the bad guy in the movie. <laughs> like, you know, would have been like the, the villain. Like the idea that you would have like a brand is like so corny to me, but it's where the culture was going. And I just kind of never fully grabbed onto that. And so when it comes to having a voice, I mean, that was sort of the, the dignified ways of having, of having a brand is to talk about your voice. But, um, (laughs) I, I kind of have had this philosophy and it's brought me straight to the lower middle is that that's a good place to be. You know, it could be worse, (laughs) but that if I just kind of, continue to pursue what I want to talk about yeah. that it will come out as something discernible yeah. for somebody else. That, that's, I don't know whether that's true or not, but I've never wanted to force the issue. There was a brief time around when my second album came out where I felt like I was maybe trying to be a certain type of comic where I was like, all right, I'm going to be the comic who does X and I'm going to look a certain way. I'm going to wear a certain kind of clothes and I'm going to sort of present myself in a very definable way. And it just didn't, it didn't feel right to me. It didn't, it, it felt fake. It felt phony. Okay, yeah. um, not necessarily in the jokes I was telling, but just in the way I was presenting myself physically. And that was right around the time when I was, had lost a lot of weight and felt very image conscious in a way that I hadn't before. Interesting. Um, but at a certain point, you know, I think, I think it comes really naturally to some, some people to just, some people know immediately. It's like, oh, I'm the, I am the, like Rodney Dangerfield. I'm the, you know, I get no respect. That's my thing. Yeah. And I'm going to work that angle. 
and it feels completely organic and natural for someone like him to do that. Do you? I've never felt like that. When you do stand up, do you try to do like clean jokes, or do you do more dirty jokes, or like you listen to this material? I have. (laughs) I've listened to a little bit, but you know, like maybe I would just want to be dirty the whole time. You know. Well, you know, it's funny. I'm actually trying to get cleaner. Uh, that's also been my challenge is that I kind of fall into a weird gray area mm-hmm. where I feel like my, I'm too dirty for the smart people and too wordy for the dumb people. Wow. <laughs> uh, do you know what I mean? That yeah, it's like, that's a good way of putting it. Use big words and you're able to articulate very well, but, but I also like a joke good about girls and assholes and stuff. Exactly. You know, um, my sort of go-to line when I describe my comedy now, and it's a, it's a corny line, but I think it does fit, is that it's, it's comedy for dumb people pretending to be smart and smart people pretending to be sober. It's sort of my, you know. I like that. I like that's, that. That's sort of my attitude towards things. Okay. Okay. Um, you've got a question for him, don't you? We're going to hit you with our normal interview question, which oh. is probably not what you expect. All right. Well, we I usually ask this with every guest that we have. It would be fun if you did answer it. If you don't want to, it's totally fine. But do well, you're you really have, setting this up well. <laughs> do you have any like uh, one that comes to mind on top of your head, like an embarrassing sex story at all? Like you accidentally got jizz in your eye. That's happened. Oh, just one. Just said that, yeah. Or lost a pink no. ball in your snatch. You know that's happened as well. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because I I do storytelling shows sometimes, and I'll write these really long. Uh, Jesse, you would email one of the, the that thing that you were emailing me about is kind of one of those things that don't really fit my stand up act. Uh, but sometimes, yeah, like, there's a show called there's a show called Risk that I do sometimes. That was what that show was. Um, and I really enjoy doing it. It's just sometimes it's hard to take these eight minute stories and sort of fit them into a stand-up act. Yeah. But um, one of the ones I told was, and I'll try to make this as concise as possible. Uh, I was dating a girl and it was very casual, but she wanted to go us to double date with a friend of hers and her boyfriend. And Basically, all I knew about this couple going in is that she would occasionally fuck him with a strap on. Um, oh, wow. Like, which, you know, good for you. Um, <laughs> but it was, a, it was a weird thing to, it was a weird thing to know about someone before meeting him, you know? Yeah. Uh, it was yeah. Like, like, strap on guy, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, we all went out to dinner. And we got drunk at like a Mexican restaurant. And then we all went back to uh, this girl's apartment, the one I was dating. And we got high. And at the time, I had smoked pot maybe three times in my life. Like I didn't smoke pot until like my mid-30s. And I got soup. You know when you get in that, that high where you're just not even enjoying it? You're just like you feel like you're sunk into the wall, you know? Yes. All the time. And we were, we were all sitting on her bed. And she started... Basically, she put on Darling Nikki by Prince and started like dancing. And then they, the other couple started making out on the bed. And then I realized like, oh, they're trying to get like a thing going with right. us. Like they're trying to get yeah. this whole thing is a setup between these two friends to sort of get a, a four way going. Okay. And I was too high to do anything about it. <laughs> and you just sat there at and one point. 
Well, it didn't get that far. At one point, <laughs> the girl who, not my girlfriend, but the other girl reached across me. She like stra- like climbed over me on the bed to grab the joint and farted in my face. Oh, no. <laughs> wow. And it just, it like completely ruined any vibe there was. And then my, my girlfriend, all of a sudden, she just at the drop of a hat was like, everybody's got to go. Like not me, but the other two people like you guys got to go. You have to leave right now. And so they left and my girlfriend like took off her clothes and got into bed and turned off the lights. Like immediately, like within 90 seconds, they were gone and she was in bed going to sleep. And then all of a sudden I smelled something really awful and she started projectile vomiting all over the bed. Like, you know, chips and salsa and everything just all over everywhere and i am drunk and completely stoned out of my gourd and so i then have to like strip her naked and clean her up and i take all of her bedding and put it in the bathtub and just fill it with water because i didn't know what to do with it (laughs) and i had and 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 then i made sure so I put her to bed and she was like on her side and I was just laying on this like bed with no sheets or anything. And then I, I went home just because I, it was just too. And I only lived like two blocks away, but I left a note for her roommate that just said, sorry about the tub. Um, and then, and that girl and I literally never saw each other again. Like we had been dating for like three, three and a half months. And after that night, we never saw each other again. Oh like, it was God. just too that's, embarrassing. That's definitely so. one of the more epic ones. Yeah, that, that's got to be, like, up at the top a little bit there. Yeah, we, we had my uh, friend on uh, a couple of years ago who, uh, her name's Abby, and it's probably our most well-viewed episode we've had yet. And yeah. she, she's a stripper and, you know, just a cool, funny person to talk to. And so we ask her that question, and she tells this story about a similar setting where it was kind of like a camping trip or something, and they're all kind of getting down with some group sexual activities and at some point, she goes outside, and this guy comes behind her and is like, hey, you should probably get that ping pong ball out. And she's like, what? And he reached, like, inside her and pulls out this ping pong ball he had just left in there yeah. during the course of whatever yeah. they were doing. It was it was amazing. But I think your story's right up there, man. It kind wow. of made me think of yeah. how she could not feel the ping pong ball. Like, is she – Well, and I – like, was she – was she aware? Like, was she – in on this, she was like, I think she was knew that consensual? something was going on down there, but I don't think she knew that but I'm it saying was it's still like, in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know about that. That seems that seems legally actionable to me. But. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So, um, so what you've got coming up next? Because I, I listened to your most recent album, Sixty Percent, and uh, that that one's amazing. But. Are That's you just kind doing of specials? Insane. Are you trying to get some more acting work or what's going on? Uh, no, I don't, honestly, I don't really know. I, I, you know, I, I was on a, I was on a sitcom called, are we there yet? It was like a black family sitcom. Yeah. And I was on, you, you might've seen it playing on the treadmill at the gym on a Tuesday <laughs> afternoon <laughs> at some point. Gym. <laughs> this gym is candy bars. I, it's okay. Hey, it's a slim gyms. Um, <laughs> And it was a great experience, but I don't, you know, I, I, I'm a New York person. I have no interest in going to California. It's just, it's not really my world. Um, 
I occasionally write on things on, on TV shows that film out in New York. And so I do some of that, but I, you know, standup is literally the only thing that I love. And, uh, my wife owns a little venue in, uh, in Astoria, Queens. And, uh, so we're kind of glued to New York. Um, what is that sound? Yeah, I, I don't know. We're getting some kind of funky audio things going on here. Um, let's see if I can fix this real quick. It's a ghost in the machine. of our testing. Are your headphones all the way in there? Uh, yeah. We'll make do. We've, we've only got right. you for a couple of minutes. Try the mask. Yeah, no worries. Anyway, I don't know what I'm saying. Oh, so what's anyway? I don't really the acting thing. It's like if it comes up, great. But um, there, I think that might be me on a delay. Yeah, um, we'll we'll do our best. Uh, yeah, it's, it's hey. okay. This is a new I'm, technology. Yeah. So. <laughs> okay, that's all right. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so I I just am. I'm going. I'm. I haven't really been doing the road as much the last couple of years. There's some family stuff going on that I wasn't able to leave New York. But uh, now I'm, I'm out traveling again, and I'm putting together a new hour. And I'm hoping to maybe record that towards the end of the year and maybe yeah. have something out in early 2021. That's sort of the goal. And, um, and I'm, I'm about to start uh, – so I'm, I'm doing a, a music podcast because I'm a music dork. And so oh, wow. that's, that's kind of coming cool. from – yeah, it's it's uh it's all about albums that came out in 1991, which is like one of the greatest years for albums in rock history. Oh, like, absolutely! It's a long, the, yeah. the early and mid 90s um, were phenomenal. Yeah, music. I can't but listen to the new shit. Specifically, no, but specifically 91. There's great new shit. You just have to know how to find it. But yeah. uh, specifically 1991, it's amazing how many like landmark seminal albums came out in 91. Yeah. Uh, you know, Nevermind. You know, Ten by Pearl Jam, Octung Baby you know, my bloody Valentine, you know, it's like, there's a list of like 50 huge landmark albums came out. And so that's what podcasts to me about, but that's just something I'm doing kind of for fun. I don't expect a, a huge financial windfall from, from that. <laughs> well, if we're uh, any kind of gauging like yardstick for that, I can assure you there will not be financial, you know, compensation for <laughs> it anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All for the love, baby. Christian, we would love to have you on more. I'm sorry that there's some audio issues, but I know yeah, that you didn't sucks. have a lot of time. So is there anything you want to hey. plug or anything before we let you go, bud? Well, I mean, certainly uh, if you are a fan of the, the uh, stand-up comedies, I, uh, my latest album is called 60% Joking. Uh, it's available wherever you find music and comedy and all that jazz. Uh, I have another, I have four albums in total on iTunes. Check those out. And if you're in or around New York City, Come visit QED Astoria, QEDAstoria.com. Awesome, dude. Thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate it so much. Yeah, thanks so much. We'd love to have you on again sometime once we've sorted all this out, if you'd be willing to. But, man, I'm just so appreciative that you would take the time to talk to us. Yeah, yeah. It's it's an honor to to be your season premiere. (laughs) (laughs) Our first special guest. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, everyone. His name is Christian Finnegan. Great stand-up. You've seen him on Chappelle's show and a bunch else. Thanks so much for doing the show today, man. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Have a good night. Take care. Bye-bye. Holy fucking shit. Was that amazing or what? It we was. finally get our famous A-celebrity guest on here. And we have audio issues. And audio fucking issues. Imagine fucking that. But, it's I mean, like It's like Christmas morning. You're waking up and like, huh, Santa Claus came. You run down the stairs. 
and you're like, oh, I'm going to open up the big one first. Mom, Dad, can I open this? They're like, yes, you open it up. Big pile of shit in the box. And then what do you do with it? You take it, you throw it in your mom's fucking face. And then you're grounded. That's how I feel. That's not the impression I got at all because it was great to have him on. And for like 70% of it, the audio was okay enough to where, you know, we were having a good conversation. No, yeah, he was awesome. Yeah, Yeah, he was great. Absolutely great. I'm still in awe that like we had our first, you know, that's a guy that back in 2004 or whatever, I was watching on TV. Yeah. And... You know, I've seen a lot of his stand-up now and everything, and you can still see him on TV, like he was saying with uh, Are We There Yet? Yeah, I think uh, that's with that, uh, not the sound racist, the big black guy that said he, he got molested. Terry, Terry, Terry Crews. Terry Crews, yeah. Is he on that show? I thought, I think so. He's hilarious, too. Yeah. Oh, man, I love that guy. But, I mean, still, we got it done. He was gracious enough to do the show. And I think that that was great. We actually got to talk to someone who had done a lot of the things that we would like to do. Yeah. And he had a lot of different perspectives or like advice that was totally different from hearing, like listening to other comedians, like doing podcasts. Yeah. Like some pot, some comedians would say like me, I really want to try stand up, but like, if you're scared doing it, then you're not, you're not good at it. Just don't even try. Right. Some will say that he was like, you know, I feel like you should start older because you experience life more instead of trying, you know, as a kid. Or at least that's that's why he started it when he did. Yeah. Because he had a few more, you know, miles on his soul. He didn't put, like, a downer in it. Like, when I hear that, I'm like, oh, shit, maybe I can't. Yeah, if you're not already on stage by age 14, you're screwed. Yeah. Like, it wasn't like that. Yeah. And how cool is it that on a college trip or whatever, he, he or high school or whatever he had said, I think he said, College. Yeah, he went to New York University, the financial school of the nation. And then he gets to see Dave Chappelle when he's like... Yeah, and he didn't even know it was him until later. Yeah. Because that was probably before he made it, so, like, no one knew that that guy was going to end up being so huge. I wonder if he was as... He was probably as good as he is now fucking young. Uh, You know what I mean? Chappelle? Yeah. Well, he did that, like, Star Search show, and he... He's been killing it since he was a kid. You know, he he was in his first movie, which I think was Robin Hood Men in Tights, like age Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. That, I remember watching that and noticing him in there, and they do, like, dancing shit and stuff. I'm like, I don't see how he fits in this <laughs> anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but, like, yeah, it's just, that blows my mind. I, you're not going to see us fanboy out every time we have a guest, especially... You know, because we've had a bunch of guests, but to have our first celebrity, like, comedian who's done stuff that I respect and enjoy, it's such a good feeling, and I I just feel amazing about that right now. I got a feeling. How do you guys feel about this voting nominations thing right here? I was talking to Jesse earlier, and I was noticing that there's a shitload of, you know, Democrats? Democrats, that's what we call them. And then over here, there's nobody that wants to try to compete against Trump. Everybody loves Trump, I guess. When I explained it's because he's the incumbent. They don't need to run someone against him. He's already in the White House. Yes, but I'm just saying, if everyone's like, ooh, let's get rid of Trump. Trump sucks, blah, blah, blah. Then why is there no other names right here, guys? Because no one who wants to get rid of him is going to vote for a different Republican president. Well, you know, I'm going to write Arnold Schwarzenegger in here. And I'm going to put that in as my vote ballot. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. 
Leave in the comments of what you think who should be the next president. Now, I know that you're new to voting because you've never done it before, but Arnold cannot be our president. Yeah, I know. He's not fucking from U.S. I was yeah. just making a joke. I'm not that retarded. But you know who is, as of like a year ago, eligible to run for president? Kanye West? Me. What? I'm, Jesse Pepin for president. I'm now old enough to run for president. You have to be 35. Ooh, I'm not there yet. I'm almost there. I'm cruising. Three years in, three years in, and then your life goes straight downhill when you hit 35. So, for the 2024 elections, that's what we could do. I could run for this. I could be the treasurer. Well, you could be my VP. Yeah. And then in four more years, then you can run for president. Hey, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. And I will be dead. Instead of VP, can I be DP? (laughs) Double penetration, baby, yeah. Well, um, yeah, I know that we still have some more episodes to shoot. But like all I can keep thinking about is that interview. Yeah, he's it, it was nervous like at first because you know we're not originally famous, right? So not, not remotely. We're not so, currently famous. So I mean, well, we're used to this, but we're not used to having somebody that's actually you know been around famous people and does stand up and tours the world. So I guess it it felt normal like five minutes in. I'm like, oh okay, listening to his shit. He, Knows how to tell stories very well. Oh my god, yeah, he's great at that. And you know, he was mentioning that risk bit he did. If you guys haven't seen it or haven't seen him, it's it's a darker story than most of his stand-up is, but he does this bit for risk. Yeah. And he's telling this really serious story, but at the beginning he's funny and he makes funny observations throughout it. And he's just he's so good at telling a story, he hits all the beats perfectly. And you care about, like, what he's saying. And by, by the time he talks about the ending, I'm not going to spoil it, but there's some, you know, self-mutilation it's involved. really raunchy. I could literally, like, I, I had, like, phantom pains as he was describing the wounds and all that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it got to me. I was listening to it on my way to work this morning. It, it, it built another layer of respect. And so what he mentioned on the call, talking to me about it, I told him, I was like, you know, I dated someone who did that as well, and so I really related to that. Our shenanigans are cheeky and fun. Yeah, I mean, his shenanigans are cruel and tragic. Which makes them not shenanigans at all, really. Evil shenanigans. I swear to God, I'll pistol whip the next guy that says shenanigans. You mean shenanigans? No! You're talking about shenanigans, right?